The first thing, which is very important and kind of everything is based on top of this, is selecting companies that you have a good chance of getting in. For example, if you have zero years of experience, zero, you're coming from a bootcamp, you're maybe from Udemy, self-taught, whatever, right? You don't have a fancy degree and you will apply at Google, the chances of getting in are pretty low. <laughs> Welcome to the Junior Jobs Podcast, where we give actionable job search advice to new software engineers relevant to today's job market. In today's expert interview, I'm chatting with Serial Khan, the co-founder of Dev Kickstart, where he helps career changers land interviews for software positions. Him and his co-founder Manuela started their own software careers without a degree or bootcamp, progressing from junior to senior engineer, which ultimately changed their lives. Now they're helping juniors get interview invitations so they can start their new life in tech as well. So if you need a resume review, LinkedIn profile review, or some all-in-one, one-on-one career coaching, get 20% off their services if you use the promo code devkickstart-eric and use the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining and welcome to the show, Serial. Hey, thanks for having me. So as we chatted before this episode, you mentioned as part of your Dev Kickstart program that there are seven factors you focus on for generating more job interviews. So let's start there. Before we walk through each one, though, uh, can you give me a high-level overview of what all of those steps are? Yes, of course. So maybe as some context, um, me and my girlfriend, we are both self-taught. And years ago, for me it was seven, for her it was five. We were in the same shoes, like a lot of your listeners. And we went through those factors, we now call it. And in hindsight, it's always 2020. So we then realized, hey, those are actually seven things. The first one is company selection. The second one is your LinkedIn profile. The third one is your cover letter and CV. The fourth is your LinkedIn content. The fifth is networking. The sixth is your product project or products, if you have it. And then the seventh is your technical skill, which is what almost all just focus on all the time. But it's only one of seven factors. Yeah, very nice. And all of those things are can be overwhelming for a new developer to do. Like, How do I balance all of this? How do I sequence this? So I'm excited to talk through some of these steps here to kind of give a, a priority uh, understanding so developers know where to kind of focus their energy and effort first. So let's start right back up at the, the top of that list. So you mentioned company selection. Tell me more about as a junior developer, bootcamp graduate, non-traditional background, what types of companies should they be selecting and, and where can they find them? So a big like sub part of this is company size. So let's take again the example of Google or Facebook. They are huge, right? So they will also probably have a lot of money, of course, for the GAFA companies, yes, but also maybe even in your city, there are companies that have like 500 employees, a thousand employees and so on. And it could often correlate that bigger companies have also more money, right? So bigger marketing budget, more visibility, so they will get more applications. So we advise to have a look at companies uh, at the size between 20 to 200 employees. 
This is the first thing you can kind of filter for. The second thing is we actually say to um, advise to not apply to junior jobs because they also will get flooded with applications. You probably know this, right? Um, sure, yes. We, we had a, a job opening at Yum, for example, yeah. that we closed after two hours because we had over 700 applicants <laughs> for that junior role. Yes, this is exactly what I mean. Uh, the supply and demand is very asymmetrical. You have mm -hmm. very few internship and apprenticeship and junior positions and a ton of people that want it. So it's better to um, kind of go a little bit up the ladder, let's say, mm -hmm. and apply to jobs that have non-junior prefixes in their job ads. And the third thing is like, it should be a local company if possible. So when I was a junior, when Manuela was a junior, and when our clients were our juniors or were juniors, um, they always um, report the same thing. It's very beneficial if you can be at the, at the office, in the office, uh, because a senior dev, I also had apprentices at my former companies I worked for. Uh, it's far easier to support someone which sits right beside you. Whereas if I would have to hop on a Slack call 12 times a day, I could not do anything, right? It's impossible. Yeah, it's easy to get lost. Maybe you, you put that one Slack message out as a junior asking for help, and it could take 30 minutes, an hour more for a senior to see it and respond. So having that remote onboarding for a new developer is incredibly difficult. Uh, in person, the other benefit I've seen too is that less developers want in-person jobs. So going along with your theme for targeting smaller, medium-sized companies, there is less competition for in-person roles too, which increases your likelihood of, of getting selected. True. So very good. Is there a specific uh, job board or uh, that you recommend that you found to be effective for junior developers? I have a recommendation for not looking at the job board. So same thing with the popularity uh, factor again, right? So to say, if you go on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is maybe one of the biggest job boards out there because it's worldwide, right? And mm -hmm. like all the big companies, they will for sure advertise on LinkedIn. Also, LinkedIn is also quite expensive to advertise. I had a, a meeting with like some years ago and they shared the numbers with, our, with us developers, what it costs to run an ad for a week. And it's, it's a lot of money. So not, maybe not use the LinkedIn job board and not use the Indeed job board, um, but have a look at smaller job boards because same, same issue. They have maybe they are more cheaper. They are cheaper than others. So smaller companies with less marketing budget can also advertise on them. So mm -hmm. this would be my advice. Yeah, our companies will even, I've seen, not even put junior openings on any of these job search platforms because they cost money and they know that they're going to get you know thousands of responses. They don't need to spend a lot of money to get uh, good talent coming in. So to cut costs, they will only post the opening on their company website, which is free for them. And that was the case for us at Yum. That opening was just on our own website. Wow. Uh, and just imagine if we had put that across all of the different openings, how much more flooded that, that would have been, right? Yes. All right. So great. So great advice for finding the, the right company. So I'll say you found the company. Now, step number two you mentioned was the LinkedIn profile, right? Can you tell me more about what needs to happen there? Yes. So the LinkedIn profile is something that will help you reach 
first of all, the, your visibility, like it will go up. So first of all, like a lot of recruiters and so on are on LinkedIn, right? Uh, if someone will get your, say, CV, your resume, then they will see the link on LinkedIn and they will check you out. Hey, who is this person? Also, if they would Google you, because LinkedIn has a lot of traffic, there's a high chance that if you're active on LinkedIn, if you're creating content, you will be maybe even at the top of your Google search. So I would advise to anyone that wants to get a job, Google yourself. Try to Google yourself and see what you find because you should orchestrate your whole internet um, appearance um, towards your goal, which would be the job, which would be a good LinkedIn presence. And then you will see, ah, okay, interesting. This person searches for a React developer position. I Google him or her and then it appears on the top, hey, this person, React developer. So it already yeah. confirms what you search for. And we, we could spend all day talking about the ins and outs of how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. I'll have some other videos uh, that I'll uh, link here in the, uh, the description for this episode because uh, I want to focus on some of the other steps here in general. But I want to call out here, uh, in general, good advice to make sure you aren't a complete jerk online. Uh, last statistics <laughs> I saw, 87% of recruiters use LinkedIn regularly, as you mentioned. Uh, but other platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, can still show up in that search when you uh, Google, when a recruiter were to uh, look up more information about a candidate, right? So if you're on Twitter being super toxic, uh, that doesn't necessarily bode well for, for a company wanting to hire you, right? Uh, so be good on LinkedIn. But you know, be good uh, everywhere else as well, especially when you're in the middle of the job search. Uh, so you mentioned LinkedIn content as uh, the, the third step, I believe, as well, right? So yes, can tell me more about what type of content should you be putting out instead? Engaging. So the whole point about, I mean, you said we could talk hours about how to set up your LinkedIn profile, right? The different sections from header to recommendations, but the content is kind of what then drives your visibility up. So if you create content that, let's say the opposite, you would create content, and I see this sadly a lot, that is not engaging at all. They have just a screenshot maybe of their app, and then they talking uh, talk a little bit about this in a huge paragraph, um, and it gets no likes. And mm -hmm. if a post gets more likes, comments, and so on, if even more people are um, looking at it for more time, the algorithm on LinkedIn will move it up and show it to more people outside of your connections. So this is a question I sometimes get, ah, oh, people will see it outside of my connections. Yes, yes. And this is your goal to them. That's what you want. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so not only your, you know, there's a fear about posting for the first time because your former, former or current colleagues would maybe find it funny to see you posting online. Um, but it's not only it's not for them actually it's for like all the others and this this uh, i think social graph is the name it will mm -hmm. push out your content and your follower count will go up and so the more follower will that will see your content and engage with it it gets like this exponential effect and your seo on google as well as internally on linkedin if i search for my name will be better and better so the goal would be if i search my name or the, the person's name that 
the first result on, on LinkedIn and on Google would be you. Awesome. This would be good. And you talk about the social graph there, just to talk about that for a little bit. It, one side of it is the content you're pushing out. Absolutely true. Uh, the other part of it is how much you're engaging with other people's content. Uh, I know LinkedIn, the, the recruiter search portal, I'm forgetting the, the name of it right now. Uh, it's common for recruiters to search by uh, connections, uh, people that are already connected with my company or people that are connected with employees uh, at my company, uh, people that you know follow my, my company, people that have commented or liked content uh, from my company. Uh, so the more that you connect with these opportunities that you applied to and then follow up and, you know, me message or, or connect with uh, the higher, the, the stronger your social graph is uh, when they do that final lookup for you. Uh, so you mentioned that this link, this is all starts, though, with most likely a link to your LinkedIn from your resume. So yes. I want to talk about cover letter, your CV or, or your resume. What are some of uh, the important notes to highlight there? So if you start with the cover letter, there are, first of all, it's a letter. It's a letter format, right? It's not just an email. It's a real letter. And second of all, it has more or less three parts. I call it the hook, then you selling yourself, and then the call to action. It's very markety-ish. <laughs> so uh, the hook is about them, right? You should hook the reader and create a real connection with the person in HR or whoever that opens your um, application um, and we'll see, oh, this person actually did the research about our company. It's not a generic copy and paste cover letter. It has to be something that it would be impossible to just take and reuse in different applications. So maybe, for example, you saw that this, uh, the company had, a, uh, had a fair, in a fair, they were there and you interacted with them for example, and you were impressed by them, how they came across, or maybe you weren't at the fairs, but you maybe saw the job ad, you went to the about page, and then it hooked you kind of, right? So, ah, oh, cool. I really want to be in sustainable energy. Uh, I have like a Tesla and everything, maybe just as an example, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. You, should, you should create this connection uh, to really show, hey, this is the company I want to work for, and not just, hey, I need a job, I need money. Mm -hmm. Avoid this. Yeah, yeah there, there's a, a better way of putting it. Maybe corporate camouflage is a good way of saying it in the sense that you don't, in those interviews, say what is true. And that is, I need a job. I'm applying because you're hiring. Uh, I'm passionate about being able to afford rent. Like that, That's not what you say in the interview, right? No. You have to <laughs> kind of butter them up and make them feel good about themselves. And you talk about highlighting some of the specifics uh, that are you talk about doing your research and talking about what's important to the company. Uh, that is something that you can't really easy, easily template a ties. Uh, so chat GPT is maybe a great starting point, uh, but I've seen a lot of posts about using that to generate cover letters, but you want it to be you know, specific to that company that you're targeting. So uh, make sure that if you do use something like chat GPT to help you out, that you do edit it from there to make it highly personalized for the, the role that you're applying to. Okay. Yes. Great. So I think we're on step, uh, I was step four, I believe. Uh, step uh, five, was that networking? Yes. Yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit more. We talked a little bit about these career fairs, but what else can they be doing to, to network more effectively? I mean, first of all, you should tap into your network you already have. So we all know people, right? And they know already 
some people that work in IT for probably, probably you already know people. So um, go through your LinkedIn connections first, go through your phone and see, hey, who do I know who is maybe already working as a developer? who is already working as maybe a product manager at a software company and then reach out to them first, especially if they are like your friends. You don't even have to then introduce yourself. Just, hey, I have now this new uh, goal in my career. I thought I would reach out. And then, you know, you talk, you just start talking to your friend and then you share your goal and they will maybe then introduce you to someone else. This would be like the first, like the, the low hanging fruit. The second and maybe is, they, sorry, oh, sorry. I was gonna say maybe they don't know anybody now, yes. but you never know if down the road, now that they know you're trying to transition and that maybe they encounter somebody who is uh, in the tech space. Now you have an advocate that can help surface that opportunity to you. Uh, to me, I like to think of it like programming, right? You have, if, you, if it's just you on your job search, it's very synchronous. You are having all of these single, you know, single threaded conversations, with all these different recruiters. But if you, pull in all of these friends and family members from your, from your past. Now it's almost like an asynchronous, uh, multi-threaded uh, job search because you have all these different individuals trying to help you. Now, I, I interrupted you for, for point number two. I apologize. I love, the, I love the programming analogy. So, <laughs> so the first would be JavaScript and the second is more Java. Or... <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first part of your cover letter is the hook, right? The, the, the real connection you want to uh, um, create. The second is how you sell yourself. So this would be the part that is maybe a little bit the same, right? Each time, because your situation doesn't completely change. Uh, you talk about your strength and there comes like uh, something into play that is important. Like you should have a page open. You should have three pages open, like your editor, then your strength page, a list of your strengths, everything. Just list down what is relevant uh, in your, for your future job. Also soft skills technical skills, soft skills, everything. So it will be there. The second thing would be your research you did about the company, right? About page, whatever. Uh, customer reviews is also something, or maybe they have, uh, they appeared in the news uh, and you could also talk about this. And the third is your editor. So you have all of this information and then you sell yourself to, to this company and it should also be customized. Not, mm -hmm. don't completely rewrite the whole selling yourself paragraph each time. But with this, with those other two pages, you can kind of drag and drop the, the right keywords and also use their words. Maybe they use to present themselves and then create a nice customized paragraph that uh, really shows your strengths that are relevant to them. This is the second part. And then the yeah. third is the call to action. You just, you kind of say, Hey, I really, maybe I look forward to X, Y, Z, right. Uh, and I kind of want you to don't to do it like this, but you kind of want to say, Hey, reach out, please. Um, yeah. And I would, I, I would be thrilled or I would be, I think I would be a good fit because of those reasons. And this is then the letter. So you see there's a lot of, it's not copy paste at all. It will take you some time, but the person that will open this would be, I mean, how many people are really doing this? That's a lot of effort, especially when you're sending out, you know, hundreds of applications. But it's like if you do what everybody else does and just bulk apply and don't personalize, then it's almost like it was even worth your time. It's just going to your application is going to be lost in the sea of other applicants that uh, that the opening received. So it's a good point. So, OK, step number six, then 
you mentioned projects or products, your, your portfolio, I assume. Can you talk a little more about what they should be doing there? Yes. So as I said, it's like two levels. So the first would be a project. Um, this highlights that you can actually do the job, right? You, or it should showcase your strength regarding this position. Now, like I said in the beginning, you should choose like one tech stack. You should choose one type of job ad and you will only apply to them because it should, everything should mirror um, itself on your resume, on your LinkedIn profile, and then also for your tech stack you use for your project. So it should be that obvious that you kind of, you will maybe also write it, hey, this is also with React on your resume, then add the link to your deployed project, which will open up with hopefully fast load time. <laughs> Make sure, I, I did, I mean, I saw now quite some projects. Please make sure it runs and doesn't crash. It's really important. Very, very important. It doesn't kind of freeze because then the, what this is like the worst impression you can give. Mm -hmm. Also, and um, like I said, the tech stack, use the same tech stack, like say React and then also React Redux, whatever. Um, and also make sure it doesn't have a login or like a complicated sign-up process or somehow. I know all the boot camps, or if, I mean, if, if you have a course on Udemy, they will teach you also how to create a login because every app has a login. Cool. Mm -hmm. But imagine now the hiring manager going through 20 or 30 applications. Everyone has a project. He, will, he or she will click on the link and then there's a login and another login. It's just, what are they going to do? They can't yeah. even use it. <laughs> it's just... They won't log in and then they won't see your cool app. Uh, and under, under the context of first impressions there too, what I would also say to put a lot of thought into what the front end design of that portfolio project looks like. Because oftentimes it's not even a technically minded person who's reviewing your portfolio. It's a, it's a recruiter. And if it's ugly using you know just basic HTML, uh, then that's not helping you at all. Or if it looks like you know, a, you know, a second grader built it, then it's not going to help you at all. So this is one of the, the secrets here. And I know it's not uh, available for everybody, but I know when I've created some of my portfolio projects that I want to look really good, you'd be surprised what you can get for 50 bucks, maybe a hundred bucks on something like Fiverr, just to get some Figma designs, just to get some a professional perspective on what your uh, your application should look like, and then try to mirror those designs in your application. And it's not cheating because as a professional developer, we have design teams at work whose sole job is to make it pretty. So well, it's an important part of how you're evaluated, but it's actually one of those things where it's not really something that you would be responsible for doing in your day to day. So you got to kind of work around that uh, in that way. Can I add something here? Absolutely. So you mentioned Figma, right? Um, Figma has a, Figma is a designing platform a design tool, it's huge, it's for free and you can go on there and there's a community section where it has toolkits, UI toolkits. And it's super easy to just, you know, search uh, on the internal search on Figma, hey, UI toolkit, and you will get a thousand toolkits, select one, and then you can go into this toolkit and it will have drop downs, you know, buttons, everything you would need in your app. And you can go on the, the styles and just take the styles, which is, there's even a, a button, copy the styles, paste I it into it. 
Yes. I love it. Yeah. And maybe make sure that you don't repeat yourself, right? If then a dev will go in and you just copy paste all of your styles and they just, it's not DRY, right? Sure, it's, sure. It's, yeah, you need, you need to tweak it a little bit to make yes, it you know, personalized. Yes. But it's essentially, it's the same as saying you're not cheating by using some node package that you're pulling down and using to help write the back end of your service. Similarly, it's, it's not cheating pulling in these UI libraries to make the front end pretty. That yeah. is what modern software development is. Right? Yes. You're stealing yes. code from online, Stack Overflow, ChatGPT, whatever, and you're stealing code from other people, whether it's node packages or you know, these UI kits, et cetera. Yes. I mean, stealing is maybe, I think this is why it's called developing. It's, we, we don't create an app. We kind of we kind of develop it, right? So we, we, we kind of have Lego stones and then we just, you know, <laughs> create ones yeah, out like there the, already. I like the way you think. All right, so the last step, uh, step number seven, software development skills. What should juniors be focused on there? So this is actually the part where what we saw, most are already there. So if they went to a bootcamp and they were searching for, let's say, three or four months, they did already, I don't know how many, a hundred hours in their, into their technical skill. So just as a, maybe a reminder, this is not everything, as you saw with the other six factors. Um, don't do a ton of lead code hours. This is like number one, because if you um, go to a company that is big, yes, the, the bigger the company, the more likely it is that you will have to solve some data structure and algorithm-based interview um, questions. This is just how it is because the more applications, the more applicants you get, the more kind of streamlined your whole evaluation process gets. And the, if, you, if you apply to a smaller company, it's much more hands-on or the likelihood is, is uh, higher uh, that you will just you know create a little feature Maybe implement the timer, add something, a button that does fetch something. If, if you're in a front-end interview, if it's almost always the same, it's a button that fetches uh, data from an endpoint they, they give you, take this data, kind of do some um, uh, array some methods. Manipulation of yes, it. some yeah. manipulation on it, and then display it nicely styled a bit. It's always this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. focus on this, that you can actually do this, like. You don't have to look it up, uh, the fetch API or whatever you want to use Axios, and then how to use your framework, React, Vue, Angular, to then do this whole thing, right? Of uh, transform it somehow and then display it. This yeah, is I, it. I like that. I like that you called out. Don't necessarily focus on leak code right out of the gate and trying to get good at data structures and algorithms. Because I've seen several developers just grinding through leak code when they can't even get an interview to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so before you worry too much about the technical interview, first make sure that you're getting, you're consistently getting interviews to begin with. Uh, and then yeah, if leak code is necessary, then you can work on it from there. Yes. Um, to reiterate, don't in general um, spend too much time on your technical skills, because probably you are already quite there or even surpassed it. Focus on the other factors uh, we just uh, talked about more, because probably you didn't focus as much as you know, on your techni technical skills before on them. You can imagine it like we call it factors because, you know, like in math, 
you have like several factors and at the end, the result is the product, right? Mm -hmm. So if one factor is zero, everything gets pulled down. But if all factors are maybe on a good level, the whole product shoots up. So the effect in the end is much more greater if you have a, a mediocre to good um, balance of all the factors. Mm -hmm. Then if you are very good at technical, like let's say lead code and everything else is low. Yeah, because oftentimes it's not about who is the best programmer. It's about who is perceived as the best programmer. And if there's no evidence of that online, if your resume doesn't highlight it, you know, through everything we talked about today, then even if you're incredibly good, you might not even make it to the first round interview. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And well, maybe to, to add here to the, about the first round, um, the difficult part is to get a constant stream of interviews. It's not to pass the interview because imagine if you have a constant stream of interviews, let's say two a month would be already enough. Then how many times will you fail at the same type of company with probably the same type of questions in a row until you pass? Not probably not so many times because it's hard to fail. You will go home and you will study your ass off about this particular question you didn't know. And so you will get better and better and then you will pass and get the job. Great advice. Cyril, thank you so much for the time today. Really enjoyed having you on. That's all the time that we have though. So I just wanna say thank you to you and thank you to all that are listening and we will catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Junior Jobs Podcast. We hope you found today's interview helpful as you navigate your own job search in tech. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to like and subscribe as that helps us reach more developers in need. And don't forget to check the show notes for details on today's sponsor and other job search services that we provide. Thanks for listening and have a great day.